139. News Talk 830 WCCO. Adam Carter taking over for Chad. Chad stepping out to uh, good news for him, getting that vaccine today. So taking a little trip to uh, get the vaccine in Wadena. Playing Politics is our weekly segment we do with the editorial board of the Star Tribune. Covering politics and many other topics. John Rash, Patricia Lopez from the editorial board of the Star Tribune are joining us today. Thank you both for being with us. And I should mention this because I don't know if both of you are downtown or not. But Chad has generously uh, put up $500 of the next orders at the walking dog across the street here at the North Star Center. Dave, (laughs) he operates the walking dog, the hot dog stand that's been there for many, many years. And... uh, little boost for downtown business. So if you haven't had lunch when we're done here, uh, John and Patricia, you can go over and get a hot dog or a, or a shake. Well, we're very still nice. working from home, but, boy, oh. that, if, if that doesn't <laughs> entice us back, nothing will. That's very generous. That sounds great. Uh, we'll, we'll, Glad to see the support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Um, we've got plenty of things to talk about, even along those lines. But let's start with uh, President Biden's $2 trillion plan uh, to boost America's infrastructure is next big piece of legislation after the uh, the COVID relief plan. And Patricia, I'll start with you. Uh, the president in uh, Pittsburgh today uh, unveiling this, and it's some equated to this legislation uh, to on the scale of uh, other huge uh, societal projects like the New Deal or the Great Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, how do you think this uh, plays right now? Is this the right time for, for this piece of legislation? Well, I mean, I don't know that there's ever a perfect time. It's certainly been overdue for many, many years. Um, you know, it almost became a bit of a punchline when President Trump used to roll out Infrastructure Week. I think he was actually sincere in wanting to do, uh, you know, a big plan because that would appeal to the builder in him. Um, there are other presidents that have wanted to do these efforts. Is the time right for it? I think the time is long past due yeah. um, for it. it. It depends, though, on whether the scale uh, and the breadth is something uh, we can accommodate. Um, I, I do like the idea that it is being paid for. Uh, you know, in part, you know, there, there have been stories that have said it's being paid for by corporations. Well, it's being paid for by undoing some of the tax breaks that went to those corporations, uh, you know, for the additional benefits that they could um, get from uh, assuming greatly improved infrastructure. I think that may all even out in the end. There are many, many details to be worked out, um, but I don't think anybody can say this is something that is not long overdue. John, I remember um, when President Trump was elected in 2016 and the the, the shock that many people felt, especially people on the left, uh, the shock that President uh, Donald Trump would be a reality was buffered a bit by some talk about a infrastructure plan, something that both Democrats and Republicans could get behind and hopefully, and at least at the time, thought, okay, this is kind of a a common theme that we all can get behind, but it never really happened. Why hasn't something that would seem to me both sides could get behind, why hasn't it been done yet? Because legislatively, they haven't been able to agree, even though, as you rightly point out, the American public agrees. And this is the second consecutive landmark legislative effort by the Biden administration that has significant support among rank-and-file Republican voters. People 
clearly can see and have the deterioration of our infrastructure across the country. And so it has a lot of support in concept and because of the nature of a bill like this, they can and will spread money to all 50 states and many municipalities, and that builds support. It also builds support among the progressive element of the Democratic Party that the president at times feels that he has to shore up because so much of this rightfully is going to energy efficiency and towards things that are meant to mitigate climate change, which is incredibly important. And so it does have widespread public support. It's unlikely to see that replicated in Congress. And you know, while some Democrats in Congress may have gotten behind a big bill President Trump may have done, it was much more rhetoric than reality, or you know, there wasn't a commensurate uh, aggregate and, and, and coordinated effort like President Biden is trying to do here, and perhaps he would have gotten more Democratic support for that. So we'll have to see if it's a party line vote as the American Rescue Plan was, but the president was right in being able to say that at least had Republican public support, if not legislators. Sadly, it often comes down to party line votes. Uh, And Patricia, I know that this is Washington, and John just pointed that out, saying, you know, even though a majority of Americans might support it, that Republicans in Congress certainly can't just say, you know, President Biden, this is a great idea, and we're fully behind it. Mm. It just doesn't happen. Uh, they're pointing no. to their to, on the timeliness of this. Back to that conversation, they're saying now is not the right time, and that we're coming out of this pandemic, and we're not yet to the place we should be at. Is that an argument? Do you think that we'll we'll no. hear from Republicans? Well, yes, it's it's probably an argument that some of them will make, but in no way does that hold up. Um, it, it just it just doesn't. I mean, you know, we all know we can see the deterioration um, around us. And I think, sadly, um, if if the Biden administration is to push this bill through, it's probably going to have to happen in the same way that the American Rescue Plan was through some form of reconciliation or um, suspending or eliminating the filibuster so that you don't need a supermajority, uh, which was never intended, by the way. Um, so that you don't require a supermajority to um, propose policies like this. The fact is, you know, Biden was elected um, by a significant majority. This is what he wanted to do. He made no secret of it. Um, We know that there were Republicans who um, supported this when President Trump was talking about it. It shouldn't be that hard to build a coalition, but we know that the polarization being what it is, that's unlikely to happen. Now it's just going to be determined whether they, um, you know, sadly can can ram it through um, on a major, on a bare majority um, since they don't have a supermajority. Talking with Patricia Lopez and John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. It's playing politics or weekly discussion here on WCCO Radio Partnership with uh, the Star Tribune. See the news today about Wells Fargo saying they're going to bring their employees back starting in Labor Day. We've heard the news about Target. And um, do we have hope for, for, for downtown Minneapolis that it might come back sooner than later? John, you first. Yeah. Yeah. John, go ahead. I I'm sorry. It will. Yep. And, you know, I certainly think it will be healthier than it is right now. But I think there are two significant mitigating factors. One is that firms across the country, if not the world, having had hybrid schedules or having had completely stay-at-home schedules, 
have learned to work with this. There's an efficiency involved in it for employees and their employers, and many companies will continue with some construct, you know, with that, where people go into the office for part of the time and are at home for part of the time, and that'll mean fewer people downtown, and it's a critical mass that makes the economics of downtown work. The other aspect of this, which is uncertain the role that it will play, but are the security issues that, you know, are continually getting discussion in our newspaper, within um, the city and the city council itself, and the degree that people feel safe. And that's not an insignificant issue. And that's something that clearly the mayor is focused on. And and, uh, he's trying to get the council to come around on this. And certainly um, the downtown business council people are are quite focused on this as well. And this is going to be an important component of it as well. And the two of them are tied together, the security and the critical mass. So when you have a critical mass of people, security becomes a little less um, of an issue because you've got lots of, you know, regular people who are traveling back and forth. We're seeing this, you know, stripped bare of almost all of those people. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg, you know, which, which comes first? Do you need the security or do you need the critical mass? They're going to have to try to work toward both of them um, at the same time. I, I don't think downtown may never look quite the same as it um, did before the pandemic. And, you know, that may not be such a bad thing. Um, office space will be a little more uh, spread out across the Twin Cities. People are more accustomed to working at home. I think for a long time there will be hybrid models that don't necessarily bring everybody back um, all at the same time. But there are distinct advantages that I think we have all learned um, about not only working remotely, but working together. Um, There's a synergy that happens among colleagues when they are working in the same room, in the same building, um, that I think a lot of people miss. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're doing uh, brain work, um, that can be a really critical component to creativity. So I would like to see it come back in some form. It doesn't have to be all the way, um, and that may ease traffic congestion uh, as well. But we are going to have to step up um, security, I think, as part of all of this so that people feel safer about coming downtown. They, they have to be able to walk the parking lot, to take the train in, to take the bus in, you know, at different times of the morning and evening commute and feel relatively safe doing it. That's a, that's a big, big hurdle um, to downtown coming back. Stop there, take a break quick, and come back with Patricia Lopez and uh, John Rash from the Star Tribune Editorial Board. A couple other topics I want to discuss before the hour's up. 150, though, on News Talk 830 WCCO. 153 News Talk 830 WCCO. Adam Carter sitting in for Chad Harmon for the rest of the show. We continue with Playing Politics, or partnership with the Star Tribune. John Rash and Patricia Lopez from the Star Tribune editorial board, kind enough to join us. Uh, over in Wisconsin today, the uh, conservative-controlled Supreme Court of Wisconsin uh, rejected Governor Tony Evers' statewide mask mandate. Uh, that's been a battle over there. But I, I want to parse the question this way in that here in Minnesota, Republicans have been pushing back for months against Governor Walz's uh, emergency powers. And even the governor now, I mean, he's been vaccinated, vaccinations uh, going up, vaccinations now open to anybody 16 and up. Do you think the time is right now uh, for, for the governor to uh, give up those emergency powers? John, I'll start with you. No, I think 
However, it is the time for the legislature and the governor to come together in a more cohesive, concerted way to be able to work through what hopefully is the, at least the beginning of the end of this process and also be able to signal to Minnesota's hardworking businesses when and, and what is going to change. And so, you know, I've always thought that the state is stronger together when it works better, better together. But, you know, if he just gave these up, these powers up without a negotiation, it would most likely be like our neighbors to the west and, and to the east in that more like South Dakota and Wisconsin, the mask mandate would probably go quite quickly and, and other mitigation measures would probably disappear quickly. And that seems to run counter to what scientific experts say and certainly what President Biden himself is urging in terms of keeping or reimposing mask mandates because, of course, there's this fear of the race between the vaccinations and the variants. And we certainly need the vaccinations to run quicker than the spread of these different forms of COVID. Patricia, do you think this is something that uh, the governor would be able to sit down with Republican leaders and say, "Okay, here's a plan forward, how I give up these powers and we can decide on some more of these things, at least uh, while the while we're coming out of this pandemic? Well, it hasn't happened yet, um, and it's not as though the governor hasn't laid out, um, I think, probably a half dozen items that he would like to see um, a, a plan for, including, um, you know, things that involve eviction moratoriums, distribution of vaccine, in addition to, you know, the mask mandate and social distancing measures. So if the legislature, um, you know, and if the particularly the Republicans want to step up and start to do the hard negotiating and make those tough decisions, um, I think that would be welcome. What I don't want to see happen is this let the chips fall where it may um, strategy that they're deploying in Wisconsin, where, uh, you know, the idea seems to be, well, we'll just get rid of it. Look, nobody enjoys wearing a mask. I don't enjoy wearing a mask everywhere I go. Um, it, it does certainly make it a little more difficult to, you know, get a breath of fresh mm -hmm. air, but you do it because it protects you and it protects others. Yep. And, you know, whether you have the vaccine or not, that is not going away. Um, so right. we are still going to have to do that while cases are still on the rise. We need to be grown-ups about this. Let's leave it at that. Patricia Lopez, John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. Thank you both. You had to play with the Beast team today with me instead of Chad, but thank you so much for joining us again uh, as we do every Wednesday with Playing Politics. Glad to join you. Thank you so much, Adam. All right. <laughs> Have a great day. Patricia Lopez, John Rash from the Star Tribune editorial board. It is Playing Politics every Wednesday, our partnership with the Star Tribune here and WCCO Radio.